Hi, Andy Clark here. This is a new Here in Holland interview podcast, and this time we're talking about how to start a business here in the Netherlands. My guest is businesswoman Sinead Hewson. She's an entrepreneur and member of the Women's Business Initiative International. Sinead runs a successful business offering facilitation and consultancy to companies to help them work together more effectively. In the podcast, she talks about the passion needed to succeed. My personal view on life is that um, I would hate to wake up one day and go, what if? What if I hadn't done X? So um, if you have the opportunity to go for it, do go for it. And she has some great tips on how to get started. I think a lot of people, especially women, can be very reluctant about highlighting the value or the quality of the work or the service that they're offering. I met up with Sinead at the World Trade Centre in The Hague. All right, um, Sinead, thank you for joining the Here in Holland uh, podcast. Um, we're going to be talking about uh, business and how to uh, t- tips and tricks on business when it comes here. Uh, first off, please, Sinead, introduce yourself. Tell me uh, who you are, what you're doing in the Netherlands, how long you've been here. My name is Sinead Hewson. As you can hear from my accent, I'm Irish. Um, I've been living here for 12 years and I married a Dutch person. And uh, I was working in a very um, high-powered job um, internationally in the communication sector and commuted for five years. And then um, we kind of said one day we can't keep commuting. So I decided to move over and I picked out all of the things that I loved in my old job and I became a facilitator consultant. And what I I do is I have a small business where I help teams and businesses work more effectively together. I work mainly with international clients. But one of the things I found when I set up my business in the Netherlands was that um, although it's a wonderful place to set up, at the time I found it very difficult to navigate. In my old life, I knew instinctively where to look. Um, You know, if I needed a photographer, if I needed a journalist, I knew instinctively who to call. And I had no network here. So what I did was um, I set up my business. I have to say I found it painful. Actually, excruciating is probably the word that I would use because um, I'd lost control on, I was reliant on other people to help me because I didn't speak the language. And at the time, everything was in Dutch. And I promised myself that in the future, I wouldn't like to see anybody go through that experience themselves because it cost a lot of energy but all, and also a lot of time. So, um, I became a member of the Women's Business Initiative, and that's an organisation based in The Hague. Let me me ask you a little bit about that. Um, um, Yeah, so so when you came to the Netherlands, you also became a member of the Women's Business Initiative. Can you tell me what is that? The Women's Business Initiative is headquartered in The Hague. It's about 11 years old. Um, There's about um, 140 members. About 70% of them would be internationals. The rest would be Dutch. And the purpose of the organisation is to encourage female entrepreneurs to start up, work together and actually grow their businesses and thrive. It's a voluntary organisation and the key activities that the organisation undertakes are things like networking. Um, We run a start your own business seminar in English. We took that over from the Chamber of Commerce a number of years ago um, because they had reorganised and had decided to stop running the service and um, we run it here in the the World Trade Centre in The Hague which is where this interview is happening and um, basically um, we've used that in order to help men and women start up in business but getting back to women's business initiative I found it very uh, personally very valuable because it gave me a trusted new network of people. You're in The Hague is it just for The Hague or is it 
it for, for the whole country? Um, the majority of members come from The Hague, but it is a national organisation and we also have members uh, who are located abroad. So we have members in Indonesia, Singapore, also in our Ireland and the UK as well. But the majority of people are in the Netherlands. There is quite a large international community in The Hague, so the majority of our networking events take place in The Hague. The main focus then of the Women's Business Initiative, what is that networking you mentioned? What, what, what do you actually offer to people? Um, what the organisation offers, I, I would say on a personal level, is more about support. Um, because what you find is that when you're setting up in business on your own, um, it can be a very lonely experience. And when you're doing that in a new country with a language that you won't un- don't understand and in an environment where some of the rules may be different to what you're used to, the organisation is great at having that network of support for people. So um, what how I use it, for example, is um, I have, uh, you know, I have a technical problem with my website at the moment. So um, I have used the network to help me uh, resolve that. I have used it for uh, setting up my website itself, helping to, to fill the content and so on. I've used it to find a lawyer uh, to help me buy a house. All those kind of aspects from a professional perspective, I found it very good. And on a personal perspective as well, because when you look at uh, women in particular, um, women tend to st- set up smaller businesses. They're more likely to be more like micro businesses, service oriented businesses with low overheads. So you can feel very isolated if you have your small business working from home or in a in, in a business centre wherever you're located. So um, organisations like Women's Business Initiative help you to connect and even brainstorm and energise for new ideas. Okay. Um, how easy or difficult is it to get a business going in the Netherlands? It's easy to set up business in the Netherlands. I mean, the beauty of here is that it's a stable country. There are very clear rules here. Um, if you look at tax, it's either. It's very black and white. There are no grey areas here. There are a couple of things that are a little bit different about setting up a business here, but it is very, very clear and very, very solid. Um, so I would say, yes, it is easy to set up business. And what's wonderful as well is that the majority of transactions or activities nowadays you can actually conduct in English, with the one exception of your taxes. So English, is it's not necessarily a problem when it comes to, to setting up a, a business? Generally, no. So you do need to uh, register with the Chamber of Commerce here, which uh, the Dutch name is the Kammer van Koophandel, and they do have a number of English speakers. So when you make an appointment, um, you will you can ask for that, but also um, you can register online. These these are the first steps you need to make then? They would, it would be, yes. So you need to, well, I would actually say before you even register a business, um, you actually need to think about what it is that you want to do. And you also need to think about what is your passion and what is it that you truly love. Because if you're setting up in business and you do something that you don't like, it's actually going to bite you in the future. So really focus on, well, what would be the ideal situation that you could earn a living from and work out your budgets as well. Um, So, you know, I, I, I would strongly advise that before you set up. The setting up and the mechanics of setting up here are quite simple in ways. You can set up as a what's called a ZZ payer or sole trader. Um, and that is very much about setting up a specific bank account. Um, being actually legal here, so you have a, a, a what's a social insurance number or burger service number. You really have to have that before you can set up in business. But there are multiple ways that you can set up in business nowadays. You can set up a, a BV, which is the equivalent of a limited company, a partnership, charity and so on. But there are specific rules and regulations around that. 
You're listening to the Here in Holland podcast. This is the interview edition, and my guest is entrepreneur Sinead Hewson. We'll be hearing more from her in just a moment. But first, a quick shout-out to let you know that alongside this interview podcast, there's also a story edition where people share anecdotes of life in the Netherlands. If you want to share your story, then you can contact me on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash podcast here in Holland. There's an email here in Holland at gmail.com and there's a WhatsApp number too. It's 06 12 42 83 87. All the details are in the show notes and also on the website hereinholland.com. Okay, let's head back to Sinead Houston. And you have resources at the Women's Business International Initiative online for people to be able to go to and see exactly what they need to do? Yes, what we have is we we run a Start Your Own Business seminar which helps you start the process of that navigation. What it does is it helps sow the seeds of the possibilities and the ideas of what you can do. What we do there is we also share information about the uh, different types of business forms and things to consider as you go forward. Um, Organisations like Access, for example, have an excellent Start Your own business um, PDF that's online on their website, as do the Chamber of Commerce. They have an excellent uh, booklet written in English, which is called 10 Steps to Starting Your Own Business in the Netherlands. Um, There's also um, another website called the Undernamers Platform, and they actually have a very good English-speaking site now. So what I've noticed over the last three to four years is that Four years ago, there was very little in English. Nowadays, a lot of the Dutch organisations are providing well and properly translated information for international people to use. So the beauty of networks and connecting with people is that people are willing to help you. When I started, I registered with a... I think I must have met probably the worst person possible in the Chamber of Commerce, and she just said, I do not like your business name, and this will not work. Okay, (laughs) that's not very encouraging, is it? So I always say to people, when you set up in business, one of the big differences here is that people are quite reserved, so they will kind of say, oh, you're setting up in business. While if you go in America or in the UK... People might go, yes, go for it, really enjoy it, really, really, you know, I, I hope everything goes well. And even when you ring the tax office, I rang the tax office when I set up in our, uh, over here and I rang the tax office in Ireland and they were going, oh, that's great, very best of luck. And I rang the tax office here on something and they were going, oh, well, I hope that works out for you. You know, and it was very kind of very different type of energy. But the intention is as well because so keep your own motivation, bring your own motivation to the table, be passionate about your idea, and know what you want to do. What are some of the major pitfalls you need to avoid at the beginning? The major pitfalls, I would say, is it's really about getting yourself organised and pricing yourself well and being clear on what it is that you offer. I think a lot of people, especially women, can be very reluctant about highlighting the value or the quality of the work or the service that they're offering. And what I would say to you is that you are entitled to earn a living too. So you need to actually think about what the cost is for you to run your business, what it is that people want to buy and how much they are prepared to pay for your expertise or the product or service that you are offering. And you are, you know, you are a professional business, so therefore you are allowed to charge professional prices. A lot of people make the mistake of underselling themselves, doing too much for free, and then their businesses struggle. How did you cope with that? Because you have your own business here. How long have you been going in the Netherlands and and how did you get 
to this stage? I've been uh, running my business now for the last 11 years and for me I have chunked it uh, in a different way to the way I had originally expected. I thought I was going to set up a a limited company. I'd been a head of um, an international organisation. I thought I was going to have lots of employees and actually when my daughter came along I chunked my time differently. So I work on projects that would have a very high margin which allow me to work in chunks of time and then I have chunks of time for family life or other other things that I'm doing so I'm, I'm studying at the moment I'm now racking racking up to again to full time so I would have you know phases where I work full time and phases where I choose to take time off so I, it suits my lifestyle and for me the flexibility of working in business for yourself is absolutely fantastic there was a survey that was um, undertaken by the international community platform about three years ago they represent all of the large international pl- employers in the Randstad And what they found was the people who had set up their own businesses were happier with their quality of life than those who actually transferred here to work. So being an entrepreneur can be painful at times, but from a quality of life perspective and having the choice to do what you want to do and work when you want to work, it actually gives an awful lot more flexibility. And it's having the confidence to recognise that you have something of value to offer the world. And, and this this has been your personal experience. You've you've very much been through this and been through yeah. the difficult times, but I, then yeah. sold your own, get through, and then stick with yeah. your plan. And I've I've had my doubt. I mean, I have gone through phases where I've had my doubts. Where you know, I would be looking at work that's coming in, thinking oh my goodness, how am I going to manage this? And, you know, I have even looked at the employment route. And when I actually work out the maths of it, for me, it's actually from a financial perspective, but also from a quality of life perspective, I'm better being an entrepreneur. Um, And yet I'm not somebody who's driven by money, but equally um, I do recognise that you have to be valued for the work that you do. Um, Uh, What about tips then for growing your business once you're actually up and running and, and, and creating awareness so people know who you are? and then how do you actually grow your customer base so you really have a regular flow of income? What I would say to you is keep it simple. So you need to decide whether you actually want to maybe be an expert in a particular area and work as a sole trader or if you want to have a company and then either outsource or bring in other people to work for you. So when you do that, the how you market yourself and how you position your business then shifts. So, you know, what I would say is that you keep it simple. You always focus on the essence of what it is that you do and you don't overpromise. What I would also say is that carefully consider about social media. Social media is fantastic. It takes a lot of effort to get traction in the beginning to build up your listener base, to build up your your likes and your followers. And you also need to see how much of a conversion you get from business for that. For me, my work is through recommendation. So I'm usually recommended by somebody to say, you know, we have a specific issue. Can you come in? And what I do is I take a brief and get that. So I would work a different way. Social media for me, I use it more to highlight issues that interest me and that I'm passionate about. But I don't use social media to drive my business because my business model is different. So, um, you know, I would say keep your marketing simple. Um, You can do lots of things in a very cost-effective way and build trusted contacts that you can work with and recommend because recommendation from somebody trusted means you are 85% there in getting that client. Testimonials, very important to prove your credibility as whatever business you're you're in. Uh, The Women's Business um, International Initiative has these business seminars, as you you mentioned. Um, Are they free, open to everybody? The seminars are open to everybody. They're open to men and women, um, and they cost... uh, 
55 euros um, and we run them in the World Trade Center in The Hague. They run in April and November and um, it's a three and a half to four hour session where we look at the financial aspects and legal aspects of setting up in business. We also look at the mindset and networking around it as well. Now what I would also have to say to you is that it is it gives you a taste of sowing the seeds for you moving forward. After that we also have um, ideation programs that we run with um, with uh, people who are unemployed or people who are considering setting up in business and we use um, it's like serious gaming techniques and brainstorming to look at the possibilities around setting up and open up your ideas as to the possibilities of business and um, there, there are so many resources uh, available what you need to be very careful of is that you don't, you don't spend all of your time just researching resources but you actually get down to the essence of what it is that you want to do so um, we have a video on our website which actually asks the question if I were starting again I would and if you look for that on the website you'll actually see advice from our members from all over the world to actually the things that the lessons that they learned setting up in business and really the key thing is stick to your passion keep it simple and focused and build it up in chunks as you go forward the first year if you cover your costs you're doing very well second year cover your costs again and the third year is when you go into profit so this is the mantra really yeah exactly and the other thing is that you know about three out of every five businesses that set up don't exist three to five years later and it's not because the businesses have failed it's because for the owners perhaps entrepreneurship is not for them and that's perfectly fine there's no problem with that but I always say I would my personal view on life is that um, I would hate to wake up one day and go what if what if I hadn't done x so um, if you have the opportunity to go for it do go for it. The other kind of tip I would give as well is when you set up in business, have a look and see that you have a financial reserve to cover your day-to-day running costs and your living costs for a couple of months because the, the time between when you get a piece of business and when you get paid can actually be a, a little bit longer than you would, would expect. Officially, it's 30 days. In the Netherlands, I have to say people do pay on time and they do respect terms and conditions of payments. But if you're working in other markets, you may end up have to, having to wait 60 or 90 days to be paid and you need to be able to cover your day-to-day costs in the interim. Sinead Hewson there. Sinead is an entrepreneur and member of the Women's Business Initiative International. Her current company is TPEBO, which stands for Time Poor Experts and Business Owners. Sinead helps leaders and leadership teams get the most out of themselves by using a mix of coaching and consulting and facilitation techniques. This was a Here in Holland interview podcast. There are story editions too, where expats share anecdotes of life here. If you want to share your story with me, then you can contact me on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash podcast here in Holland, email here in Holland at gmail.com, and there's a WhatsApp number too, 06 12 42 83 87. Contact details are also in the show notes and on the website hereinholland.com. And please remember to tell friends about the podcast. And if you haven't subscribed, then why not do it? And you'll get all of the episodes automatically on your phone or your tablet. You can find the podcast in iTunes or wherever else you get your podcasts from. From me, Andy Clark, as ever, thank you very much for listening. <laughs>